Hi, I'm Chanel, agency owner, marketing coach, speaker, and your official human sunshine. I've been in marketing since 2009 and have run a successful strategy and content marketing agency since 2018. Jaded by my corporate life, I quit my job to travel the world and start my own business. I've learned so much in my business journey and I want to share it with you. The Sunshine Podcast for Women in Business offers marketing advice for industry professionals and inspiring stories for women netting life and business. If you love the podcast, please subscribe and share with someone who would enjoy it too. But for now, sit back, relax and enjoy your daily dose of sunshine. And we are live. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another scintillating episode of the Sunshine Podcast with me, Chanel LaRue. Now, today, I have a very special guest. I'm very sure that many of you may know her, but for those of you who don't, she's wonderful. Her name is Sandra Sen. Now, Sandra is an Irish powerhouse and the owner of Business Mums Hub. She's a bubbly ball of energy who's worked around the world, running large teams, overseeing sales and marketing, and working in events. However, many of you will also know Sandra as the owner of Hashtag Instaprints, which is a business that she grew after having two gorgeous kids, three if you count her tech-savvy gamer husband, (laughs) to give her more freedom and the lifestyle that she wanted. Sandra is also the owner of Business Mums Hub, which I did actually mention before, but this is a place where women can come and get support and advice about running their business while making friends and having fun. Welcome, Sandra. What a pleasure to have you. Thank you. That's a hell of an intro. I forgot also a self-proclaimed train wreck that should go in there as well, I think. (laughs) Okay, tell tell me more about that. What makes you a train wreck, Sandra? I think what makes me a train wreck is that I do the things that I want to do and not necessarily all the things that I should do in my business, but it always seems to work out for me because I'm pretty resilient. So like anything that's remotely admin or shit, that, can I swear on this one? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And for anything that really should be done in business, I kind of a little bit refuse to do it and I stick to my lane and I stick to where my headspace goes and my area of genius and I just have people behind me that clean up the mess for me which is great which is very good (laughs) but you know I feel I feel like that's super common hey like we want to do the stuff we want to do and we want to do the stuff that's fun and we want to do the stuff we're good at but as a business owner there's so much shit that you have to do that you don't want to and I'm glad that quite early on I um, learned to delegate. And the very first person I got in my business was an accountant and a bookkeeper because numbers is like not my thing. Yeah. What was the first thing you delegated? Um, probably social media. And then I realized that was the wrong thing that I should have delegated because I actually enjoy that and I'm good at it. Um, but I think social media is a really funny one because you feel like you need to do it all the time all the time all the time for your business and that's probably where I suffered the most burnout was in trying to do my own social media like and so much this is just when I had a hashtag and I remember it so well just like constantly trying to think of content over and over and over again and and this was like six years ago so it was a different time obviously and so 
it just mentally wrecked me. I, I think I left my business for like six months and didn't touch it because that, that's where I got the most burnout was in social media. Yeah, and look, me owning a content marketing agency where yeah. we do lots of social media, I 100% know the demand that it has on you. Um, yeah. So I 100% I get that. And um, we've kind of just jumped straight into like the core of stuff. I want to actually go back and get you to kind of talk to me about your journey. But I did want to talk about the fact that your social media is excellent. Um, for those of you who don't follow Sandra, please do and she'll give all of her handles at the end of the show and they'll also be in the show notes but she's just really good at utilizing the stories feature specifically in instagram which i feel like a lot of businesses still aren't doing so like give our listeners some tips like for those of you who've you know who've never seen um your instagram talk us through like how you use your stories the way you do I think it's, this is my interpretation of how I want my social media to work, where posts are really for people to find you, is to grow your audience, and then stories is to nurture your audience. I'm really against, especially anyone in a coaching space, like products is a little bit different because they're not necessarily so personal, but I'm in the coaching space and that sort of like leadership mentoring space. And I'm dead against us pretending that life is perfect and we're not all train wrecks. We're all train wrecks at certain aspects. So everyone that has the sort of skills that I don't have is we're vice versa train wrecks. And so I'm dead against this whole pretending that everything is amazing and pretending that it's good. And I know we talk about it a lot, this perfectionist, but I don't know. Like I just, I love to be raw and honest because I think it builds the most trust People will comment back and tell me, oh, my God, I do that as well. So I feel less alone. They feel less alone. And as well, I'm creating trust in my brand. And it's just, I, I just think it's the, it's the best way that works for me. And it's the easiest way because I always just have to show up as myself. I don't have to show up polished or my interpretation of what it polished looks like or any of that sort of stuff. I love that. And I 100% agree. And I'm the same. Like I've got two different brands. I've got my marketing coach and I've got my agency one, but on both of them, even though one's probably, you know, more professional than the other, mm -hmm. um, I just show up as me because I, I, I can't do what I see some other professionals do where they look perfect all the time with their hair and their makeup. And it's not realistic. And it's, you don't really feel like you can connect with those sorts of people. So I think that there's so many things that people can learn from Sandra. I've seen her speak at several events and she's an excellent public speaker. But one of the things that you can really learn from Sandra is the art of authenticity, which she's just so good at. So I'd love to unpack a little bit of that. Like, how do you get there? You know, a lot of people struggle to get there. I think you and I are quite similar in that we kind of like, when I say we don't give a fuck, it's not like we don't care. It's yeah. just that it's not that important to us. Like we'd rather show up as is um, because we're just those sorts of people. But for people who are really struggling to get out of their comfort zone or to, you know, be authentic, what, what are some tips that you would give them? This was something that I literally spoke about yesterday on my stories, that people don't understand confidence comes after 
confidence comes in the doing, not in the planning, not in the getting ready, not in the prep work. And I know that when I originally showed up on stories, there was makeup, there was filters, there was everything. And that's okay. Don't judge that side of the journey. You do what you need to do to get your ass there. And then the confidence comes in constantly doing it. And I don't remember when it happened, but one day the filters just stopped and the makeup stopped. And I just started talking still to the camera that your confidence we're all scared like just because I'm confident now doesn't mean that I wasn't like I've always been this way but my confidence comes from always the doing and I would say that you're the same as well Chanel that like yeah we're shit scared a lot of the times but that that's not enough to stop me I'm way more afraid of having somebody else live the life that I know that I want and that I'm capable of creating than looking like an idiot. Like you just, you get to pick your fear. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, And you guys can't see what I'm seeing, which is Sandra sitting in her office and behind her she's got her like famous catchphrase, which is also going to be the name of this episode, by the way, which is just do the fucking thing. Now... I want you to talk people through that because it's like, a, can we call it a philosophy? Like a, a saying? I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I'm so there for it, and it's me through and through. So, talk me through, talk me through it. The irony is, and this is one of the things that I love about marketing is that marketing even itself is a journey. So do the fucking thing just came from a complete rant because obviously I have access to women in business all the time and I listen to them like being so insecure and like, oh, when I do this, I can do that. Or when I do this, I'll do this. Or when I'll do that. And I'm like, you're just putting yourself years behind. And it was literally just in a story. I'm like, just do the fucking thing. And then people would start tagging me in Facebook and just being like, I'm doing what Sandra says and I'm just doing the fucking thing. And I would get tagged. I'm talking like maybe like six or seven times a week. And I was like, oh, Jesus, like I didn't expect this to be my mantra. But I think sometimes, and you know, like Tony and Robbins and all of that do that where it's that random swear word that just captures your attention and brings you back into being like, yeah, just do the fucking thing. Like, don't overcomplicate it. There's a million and one reasons for us not to do things. If you go looking for them, it's going to be so easy to convince yourself, but just do the fucking thing anyways. Yeah, 100%. And I love that you're sort of people's personal cheerleader to remind them to do it. Um, I think it's quite, it's really common, in fact, because obviously I also know a lot of female business owners um, and it is so common to have that fear and my kind of catchphrase is sort of make make fear and failure your best friend because yeah. and, you know still do it anyway. But failure yeah. is a very important part of that business, um, that business journey. Do you think that like inherently women are like more questioning of themselves than men, or do you think it's not that black and white? We don't. I don't know. I never tend to buy into the women and men thing, and I. And I'm not even going to say anything about it because I don't work with men, so I, I don't know. Like, I don't I don't know. And I think, you know, this, this, this I, like, whilst I am a feminist, I look to the past for lessons. I never look to the past for blame. Like, so for me, it's always like, okay, that happened. What can we do to fix it? Like, so I'm very in, like, let's fix all of the problems and work together and all be whatever. So I can't actually on it. I'll honestly answer it whether I think that it does, but I know that there's a lot of times when I have to kick my husband's ass as well. Like, I think it's it's a person thing. If you're not 
practicing confidence and you're not practicing backing yourself, then you will struggle with these things. Like I, I think it's more of a confidence thing that's, yeah, across the board. I feel women, we, um, you know the way men think that we dress for men? Well, we don't. We dress for women. We dress for other women's yeah. approval. It's really funny. We don't, most of the times, I don't give two shits what my husband thinks about what I'm wearing. I care more what, like, my best friend Jess thinks about it or all of that sort of stuff. So it, I, I, I genuinely think it's a confidence thing. I think we care more what other women think about us so that can cause it. Yeah, I think that's a great, very yeah. diplomatic and measured answer as well. Yeah, well, I don't think men care what other men think about them. I, yeah. They don't sit there and, you know what I mean, and go, oh, do you like my new shirt? I, I don't think it's a, it's a, yeah, I think we just care more what other women think of us. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. Um, so we've kind of like launched into the core of everything, but I'd love to like wind it back and just talk a little bit about your journey in business and as you're kind of going through your journey in business talk me i'd love to know some of your kind of biggest milestones lessons and also mistakes along the way i'm such a massive fan and you spoke on this before of failing i am such a massive fan i never go out of my way to fail obviously who does but i and this is sort of trigger warning but i suffered really bad postnatal depression with my first daughter with murphy actually only have one daughter so she's my first and only but and so for me I had planned on committing suicide and I failed and can you imagine how awful success would have looked like in that picture like success and failure are just a frame of mind they're absolutely a frame of mind there's, there's you get to decide whether something is a success or whether it's a failure it's not it might not be your desired outcome but for me like living wasn't the desired outcome but trust me it's a massive success that i failed so i always look at everything as in like instead of it being a success or a failure is it a desired outcome no what can i do to fix it so for me failure is just like you, you it's the same with sadness happiness means nothing if you don't have sadness to make you know that that's just so worth it so i'll jump into everything probably more than i should but i will jump wholeheartedly into everything the best way that I found out what my weaknesses were was by not by finding out in business that that was not something I was good at and should not have done it that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have, I, I'm just a do it person. I'm just a do it. If it doesn't work, all right, next. What's the next thing we do? Yeah, I love, yeah, I love that. And I'm the same. And I, I, I realized recently um, from my, my aunt, and this is, you know, a personal thing as well, but on the note of, of doing is I realized, or she helped me realize that I was basing my self-worth on what I do, not who I am. I'm an acts of service person. But the problem is that obviously you burn yourself to the ground and, you know, you've got to go, well, you know, I'm really kind and I'm really funny and I'm really generous and I'm really smart and I'm really hardworking. That's valuing me. But I was like valuing my self-worth on what I do, which is great because I get a lot of shit done. But it also can be quite, um, it can be a lot because you obviously give and give and give and you do and do and do and you, and you burn out. But having said that, I think I'm better when I'm doing like I am just a doer. I feel like I'm the best version of myself when I am constantly doing and giving. Um, so tell me a little bit about like perhaps the three biggest lessons you've had in business so far. Because I mean, you've got hashtag Instaprints mm -hmm. and please feel free to like share 
exactly what Business Mums Hub is all about and exactly what Hashtag Instaprints is all about. But I'd love to get some of your like, learnings and lessons over the years from either or both of those businesses. My, the biggest one that I learned really quickly is the best asset that you can have is a network. Like absolutely hands down. The best thing that you can have is people around you. And the way that I have always sort of cultivated it and had such a vast network has been exactly what you said is giving. I, I People don't realise that the biggest joy in the world doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from success. It doesn't come from anything. It comes from acts of services. That's where we truly, truly get happiness from is helping other people because it, it, it's just the way it works. There's huge studies on it. You don't even have to take my word for it. There's hundreds of studies on it that giving to others is where happiness is. And so I do that. I give a lot, a lot, a lot. I'm getting better at holding back and it doesn't have to be so much like when it doesn't make me happy then that's when you know to stop like that's literally when it is you know that that it's time to stop mm. so I have such a vast network and such a trusted network because I've always looked at where I can add value to other people I've never I never need anything back from them I'm pretty resilient I can do whatever I need myself and um, but I've always given a lot more than I take. That's a pretty big value of mine. And it's probably been the thing that has served me absolutely the most. And I've even had people like join, like paid me a lot of money for things because they've said all the stuff that you've given me for free, I can only imagine what I get from you if I actually pay you. So like things, and that was never a way that I ever even looked at it. But I just thought, Jesus, that's actually pretty powerful. So that whole scarcity of don't give too much away, don't, it actually could be a really bad marketing ploy for you because I know that it's done nothing but done great things for me. I have been taken advantage of a lot in business and that is because I see the best in people. I will never change that. I will get taken advantage of a million times. I will own my side of it, but that is literally a core value of mine. And I love that I am so naive sometimes that I will always see the best in people. And it's ridiculous because I do expose myself a lot and I'll just wear my accountability on that. And that's my third point is your accountability is everything. Own every fuck up because that takes you from victim to control. Like, so any things where it, it, it leaves you, it takes you away from that whole, I feel so helpless, I don't know what to do. When you go back and you go, which part did I play in this massive clusterfuck? What could I have done differently? You know, accountability is not about blame. It's about fixing. It's about ensuring it never happens again. So I'm super accountable for all of my actions. Those are all three very, very compelling answers. And the helping people thing is, you know, something that's also like very close to my heart because I've always said, you know, I didn't actually, I'm not money driven, yeah. which is terrible because I'm a business owner. Um, but like I didn't start a business to make millions. I just started a, you know, firstly I accidentally started my business. My agency kind of birthed itself after just doing freelancing for ages and then getting enough clients. But I just did it because I wanted to help businesses and I wanted to work and travel. Um, and so helping was my mission and money was just a byproduct of that. But do you find it's really difficult when you are so giving and you are so generous with your time or with your advice 
that you get to a point where you're like, fuck, you know, I, I know for me personally, I, I, I went through a phase where I was so, a bit too generous and, um, you know, also this is probably tied more into not charging your worth or, you know, just being really shit at charging that I was like, wow, I feel like even though money's not that important to me and not an important driver, for the amount of, of, of time that I work, the effort I put in, it would be nice if I got a little more. <laughs> like it's a hard thing to balance, you know? Yeah. This, I think education, and I'm going to say this about women in business because that's my knowledge, and um, financial education for women in business is something that is hugely lacking. Like I can tell you that last year, like with businesses combined, we made multiple six figures, like quite a lot of money. I got paid $40,000. And it's just like, oh, it, and I think because the focus is on the top end, and this is sort of like, and you'll see this in my marketing now where I got suck it into this 6K figure, like go for this 6K, blah, 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 like all this bullshit and what's the point in making a hundred thousand dollars if you're spending a hundred and ten thousand dollars to fucking make it like but yet we were like you know i see women oh she had a 10k month let's celebrate that and yet the woman next to her and she kept none of that money and yet the woman next to her had a two thousand dollar month paid herself a thousand dollars and it's like frowned upon it's like so for me, the education side of things around women in business is really shitty. And because it's not fun, it's not sexy. It's, I'm a real goals-orientated person and I fucking love sales. And um, it's just problem solving. I don't see it as ick. I'm dyslexic. We are the world's problem solvers, like, because we see the world so differently to everybody else. And I love that about me. And um, but money is something that has really fucked me up many, many times. Like I pretty much work two full-time jobs and have two kids and I got paid $40,000 last year. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and that is enough for me. When we talk about the giving and holding back, me and people with victim mentality do not get along. This is what I have discovered about myself. We do not get along. And what happens is I end up super negative after spending time with them because I'm like hitting a brick wall. So if if I will openly give them help and advice and they tell me the million reasons why it won't work, I move on. I, and this is the, this is my new thing this year. I even removed someone from my big membership that they had paid a lot of money for. I gave them back the money. I said, we're not right for each other. I feel mm. uncomfortable and I feel happy coming to my own business. This is a toxic relationship. We need to remove this. Like, and yeah. You know, it's that power in remembering you started your business for a reason. Like, if you still wanted to work with shit people and have no say, get a job. Like, mm -hmm. that's the way you started your business. You started your business to help people, and it should be just the people you actually fucking want to help, not the people you don't want to help. They're meant for somebody else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, it's you've got to go through that process before you kind of Pull, pull your boundaries up because you start so broad and then you yeah. start to, to to put those fences up and I think I'm slowly but sure and get it slowly but surely getting better at it yeah. um and even just having like your safe phrases for saying no it doesn't come naturally to me to say no it feels very uncomfortable to even say the word no so yeah. having those like safe words or safe phrases that are like 
I'd love to help, but I can't right now, or that sounds really exciting, but I don't think we're the right fit, or, you know, things like that that just make it a bit more comfortable. But it's hard. It's really, really hard to do. And it's it's a confidence. The more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, now, tell me more about Business Mums Hub. So for people who are listening who haven't heard of it, um, what's it all about? Because it's a wonderful village, as you call it, of uh, female business owners, not just mums, right? Yeah. Um, just mom. We've got lots of non-mums, dog mums, cats mums, plants mums, all of I'm them. I'm probably a plant mum <laughs> or um, like a gin mum. Like I'm really good at nursing gin, for example. Um, so talk, talk to me about the hub. So Business Mums Hub is a place, what I found I really struggled with when I um, started Hashtag is being, especially someone who is dyslexic, giving me a government document to help me create a business is probably the worst fucking thing in the world. And I always found that things that were helping women in business were written by people who never owned a business. Like, you know, all of these things and the things that you learn in your MBA and all that sort of stuff, they don't cover real life situations very well. Like life is super, super messy. So what we wanted to do was create a space where you could come get the information in the way that you needed to get it. So not just in the written format, but in the video format where you could answer questions, where you could do, it was relaxed, it was accessible, it was all of that sort of stuff. It was fucking fun. And rather than it being so serious, business doesn't have to be so serious. And a couple of things we didn't expect happened, happened where we do have, I knew, I knew we wanted to provide a community, but how that community worked so fucking well it kind of blew my mind like it's become its own little marketing hub of referrals like we're probably like a little cult at the same time like it's so it's so beautiful to see people that started off so isolated and so lonely and so unsure of what happened just really blossom not just in their business but even as a mum of understanding it's okay to be a shit mum like you know what I mean like there's so many times it's okay to be a shit mum like we laugh and we say when we go on holidays it's just a, a you just get to yell at your kids in the sun like it's just but then have other people just really understand where you're coming from and is really beautiful yeah and i'm um, sorry and if you if, if you have this like big millennial pause before i talk guys it's because i'm unmuting myself which just takes an awful long time when you're sitting on the floor um it's a fantastic community um and all of the events that i've gone to have been really really well organized really well put together and a really great group of of um women and i know that there are you know a mix of women mums or mums or not yeah. no mums but i think it is fantastic being a friend to people who do have kids and who are, you know, starting their own businesses, that there is a space to talk about managing business and run, and having kids. Yeah, I don't have kids. I feel like this is like becoming the catchphrase of the podcast because every time I'm like, I don't have kids. I don't have kids. But my God, like, I, like it's amazing that to, to balance both of it. Like, it's 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 a beautiful, beautiful art, and I see these women doing such amazing things. Um, you know, running businesses and raising kids. Like, it's just it's just incredible. So there's some really inspirational um, women in that group. Um, 
so I think, um, God, how long have we been talking for? We've been going for, okay, yeah, about half an hour. That's pretty good. I've got some fast fives for you. Yeah. Um, okay, so favourite movie? Remember the Titans. Oh, my gosh. Ryan Gosling and that. That used to make my fanny giggle. You get like yeah, like you know, like when you like still young and you're like, oh, that like my like my fanny feels a bit funny, like like a little fanny giggle. Do you remember him in that? No, I don't. I don't even remember. I just remember the story of it. Like, and I've watched it a million and million. Zoolander would probably be my second, but just the story of that just always just gets me. And ironically enough, ended up marrying an American football lover. But I just, I just love the story of it. I just love it's it. a it's a great story and I think it's based on a true story. Yeah, absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, Brian Gosling, yes. And then also there's that like really cool scene in the locker room where they play Ain't No Mountain High Enough which is just like such a great 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 goose, great great scene. Um okay, favorite song. Um Dreams, but the cause version and not the um what you call it version. The original version, like the yeah. Fleetwood Mac version? Not the Fleetwood Mac, the Cause version. I'm Irish at the end of the day, let's remember. Well, I haven't heard the Cause version. So I will, but I will. So much violin. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I feel like the Cause are coming to Australia really they soon. Ah, they're coming to Adelaide soon. Fun. Are you going to go? I probably will, yes. Yeah, you should. You definitely should. I have to. Um, it's a good segue into my third Fast Five, which is Ireland or Australia. Oh, definitely Australia. Um, so I moved to Australia when I was 12, but I have been back and I have worked a lot. Um, Australia gives a quality of life that is just second to none. Like you just, and especially Adelaide. So I've lived in Hobart, which was beautiful, lived in Melbourne, lived in Queensland. Um, I just love, I always knew I would never bring my kids up anywhere that, that wasn't Adelaide. Like, and even we were moving to Saudi Arabia, like I love to travel, but I knew that once I have kids, it would be settled down and it would always be in Adelaide. There's just, I don't think a lot of people realise how ridiculously great Australia is. It is good, I must say. I, I ended up here accidentally, but I'm very glad that that happened. And Adelaide specifically is just a fucking awesome city. Um, like the work-life balance and the lifestyle that you can have here where it's just vibey enough to be exciting but not so vibey that it's overwhelming like Sydney and it's yeah. just got a beautiful balance of like stuff to do but then also beautiful nature and camping. Like I'm a, I'm a big fan, big fan. And everything's accessible. Like it's like even today, like I was down at the beach this morning and now and I live in the hills and like I've been to the city, I've done all these things and I'm back by 1.30 to have a podcast, but I dropped Murphy to school and I'll be able to pick her up again. Like that's where the fuck else in the world can you do that? Yeah, it, it, you're right. Like, And it is, they I think they call it the city of 20 minutes or something. And if you can yes. get everywhere in 20 minutes and it's brilliant. So if you're listening to this and if you're one of those people who give Adelaide shit, yeah um eat, eat, eat your words or whatever absolutely whatever, whatever you say eat my shorts or whatever um all right my next one seeing as you mentioned you like zoolander would you rather go on a date with ben stiller or owen wilson oh fuck um probably ben stiller he's a cutie 
Oh, I'd more I'd be fascinated by his mind because he writes them and creates the characters, whereas yeah. Orion participates. I would just be more I would be fascinating on the person that thinks of this shit. Yeah, yeah. Um it is an awful lot of fun doing that kind of thing. We do the 48 hour film project where we've oh, got incredible 48 hours to make film. It's 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 an awful lot of fun. My last one is if you were gonna go on a getaway, would you go to like a cute cabin in the woods or would you go to like um a cute beach house by the beach? I would normally say cabin in the woods. That is my first place to say, but there is this beautiful house that we always stay at in Wallaroo, right on North Beach, where you open the door and it's the beach, like you're just, it's beach. So there's no carrying shit down to the sand or there's no whatever. And so for me personally, it would be the hills, but my kids love the beach and I can drink gin and watch them at the same time. So, mm -hmm. and they will be so distracted, like, because the tide will come up and leave those mini pools around. And yeah, so I'll send you the address for this place at North Beach. It's insane. I think I've seen your stories where you've been there before and I was like, oh, I need that. And I think you sent me the the, the booking link. Um, Highly recommend. It looks good. And speaking of gin, I was looking at Sandra's story the other day and she's got <laughs> these cute little bottles from Ginny Pig Distillery that recently won the best freaking gin in the world. So I'm going to just give a little plug to Beck um, because her gin is fantastic. And was that included in like one of your events or something? Did you have all of those bottles for like your members or just for you? <laughs> yes. So we have our big membership, which is our centre stage, and it only opens once a year. And so it's opened right now with one spot left. And, and so that I've been, well, that's the reason why I was driving around so much today. I was dropping off these beautiful big care packages to our members and surprising them. So, so that's nice. what that was for. God, it's enough to make you want to sign up if you get if you oh, get yeah. buddy Jen. Um, I've got one more fun thing for us to do, and then I'm going to hand over to you to say how people can get in contact with you. This morning, I sent Sandra a message where I said, "Hope for the morning," and she came back to me and she said, um, "Irish people don't talk that loud." So I'd like you to just tell me how you would say it, and then I'm going to try and say it better. Okay, so we would say top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you. Since we, we're not high, we're not high pitched, or even like if you were to say like to be sure, to be sure, it's not like a high pitched. We're not actual leprechauns. Yeah, I think that's what people think. Yeah. Like I've always got this because yeah. I'm an actress. I've always got a picture in my mind of what I'm yes. trying to, to do, and I think that's where I'm going wrong. The one thing I don't mind people even really saying top of the morning to me or to be sure to be sure those ones don't bother me. What bothers me is fiddly deep potatoes. It's like all right, like I've heard it, like I've I've got I we got it, and especially because Irish I've people, ever heard that in my life. Oh my god, humor is so important to Irish people, and so when you say something that's not funny, and then it's like it's supposed to like be humorous to us like you just just know on the inside we're, we're like we could be laughing on the outside to be polite on the inside we fucking hate you like it's just like oh, oh yeah God. another joke we heard a million times i don't like, know you know, when you go when you go somewhere and they go throw another shrimp on the barbie like there's only so many times you can laugh at that and be like oh yeah yeah just be like come off it mate get some yeah. fresh content i don't even get jokes as a south african i get did you learn how to speak english in south africa i get why aren't you back black like not not exactly why aren't you black but like oh yes. i didn't know there were white people in south africa um did they not know history no 
Someone once even said, um, who's Nelson Mandela? When I said something about Nelson Mandela and I was like, I need to stop talking to you right now. You've upset me. Yeah, you're not my person. You've upset me immensely. Um, anyway, so I don't get jokes. I just get really, really doff questions. Um, okay, Sandra, thank you so much for your time. And I could literally talk to you all day. I try and keep it nice and short because I know how bloody busy we all are. Um, I'd love to get you back on anyway, but tell people how they can get in contact with you. So we are Business Moms Hub. You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook. If you have an event that you would like us to work at, so we have, so hashtag Instaprints is a new take on the photo brief. So we're an Instagram printer. So you can be anywhere in the world and we will print out your photos live so it's amazing for weddings and corporate events and all that sort of stuff so we're hashtag instaprints but can i give one last bit of wisdom that i forgot to tell you yes please. it was one of my top three can i have a top four absolutely balance balance is the biggest load of shit. like this work-life balance this blah 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 it is such a load of horseshit and causes more stress to people i know it came in with a great intention but can we stop measuring work-life balance and measure happiness instead if you are happy oh, and everyone around you is happy you have balance like, let's stop measuring these things and start going back to, am I happy? Am I fulfilled? Chanel, your work-life balance would be nothing close to what mine is. We, our lives wouldn't even look remotely similar in any way, shape, or form. And why should you stop working if it brings you so much joy? As long as you're happy, 100%. that's your fucking scale. I'm so glad that you brought this up. Um, and it's like, it's actually quite a big thing for me and I did a post on my coaching page a couple months ago talking about the exact same thing I was like we spend so much time and energy trying to find this perfect balance that it almost just creates more anxiety and also more disappointment when we feel like we haven't had that balance like life is not supposed to be balanced it's life mm -hmm. there's too many things going on for you to have it balanced and when it's not balanced you beat yourself up and that's also not great and for me also like you know I, I like you say I like working like I like the fact that 80% of my life is work because I enjoy what I do and I think that that's a really good thing um and to be honest like I think if you're if your business is going to be successful even just for the first couple years you are going to have to work your fucking ass off and some of your personal stuff is going to kind of fall by the wayside but then it'll get to that point where you can have your life back um because you've put in that groundwork and your life maybe was a bit out of whack initially doing more work but that's kind of what you have to do to get it to where it is like so i i fucking love that and yes well, totally totally agree all here for it it's the same with hustle culture like whilst hustle culture does need to go and die there are still huge times in your business you need to hustle like absolutely. absolutely it still has such a massive need as well it should if you find that it's your default setting then that's wrong but there's still huge times in your business. Like right now we have our, like our biggest membership open. Of course I've got some hustle going on. Like absolutely. And so you should, if you didn't, it would cause some serious issues in your business. Yes. Yes. And I actually did a talk at the start of the week where it was like, okay, it, it was, it was called 
you know, launching and scaling a business. Um, and that's where I started. I was like, if you are thinking of starting a business, but you're starting it because you think that you'll have more time to do the things you love, that's not really going to work. Um, yeah. And look, I think there are people who maybe are better at it than me. But for me, I'm like, I can't imagine getting to where I am today without having worked an insane amount of hours and spending that. But then having said that, you know, in the last couple of years, I've been able to step away. So you yes. kind of put that time up front um, yes. and you it's get it back. It's your holiday is you banking it. But also as well, it's I have two businesses, but I've never started a business. I've always bought businesses. Starting mm. a business to me would be really painful that you don't realize that it's whilst I've bought businesses, I've bought that, that year of time of my life back where the mm -hmm. business already has its foundations, all that sort of stuff. I just step in and make dramatic improvements. I've never started a business. It actually never remotely interests me to start a business. I will continue buying businesses because starting a business takes a lot of time and a lot of money. Mm -mm. I feel like that's a whole podcast episode in itself, actually, that I'd love to get you on to talk about buying businesses or acquiring yeah. businesses versus starting them, because I feel like we've all missed a trick there, Sandra. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't I've never thought of that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, I mean, I am sort of analytical, but I don't have the attention to detail that's required to start a business. Oh, yeah. like, and it's the hardest work is to start it. I will gladly be super lazy, let somebody else do all the hard work and I'll just buy it. It's mm. the same with anything. Like you look at people are saying people are hard for money, but yet Uber Eats isn't hurting. That's because people will pay more for things instantaneously. I'll pay mm. more for somebody else to do all the work for me. Yeah, yeah. No, it's smart. It makes sense. Um, and you've got two wonderful businesses that you run extremely well. So um, thank you so much for taking time on your Friday to talk to me. I think I'm definitely going to have you on the podcast again. And I would love to see you in person. We always say that we will and we never do because we're busy. Fucking business. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sunshine Podcast for Women in Business. If you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also share this episode with a biz bestie who needs to hear it. Yeah. <laughs>